What's up, sports fans? Christian Pedersen back here in the SD Prep Insider Studios, joined by uh, that perfectly timed cough to start in the uh, the intro, Bodie De Silva. Bodie, you doing okay? I'm doing okay. All right. You've uh, stumbled upon our Western League preview as we continue our countdown to kickoff. Bodie, are you emotionally ready? Uh, because as much as everybody likes to lay claim that they're the best league, historically speaking, Avocado and Western have been the two heaviest hitters. So uh, this is this is a long overdue tra- uh, trip through. Uh, we're going to have to talk about several defending CIF champs, state champs, teams with state potential runs this year, a lot of uh, a very, very hard league matchups to decide are you ready for this one or are you just gonna start tossing coins and uh, see where see where you <laughs> land no i'm ready on this one Alrighty, so the western league is cathedral catholic lincoln madison point loma saint augustine we'll get it started alphabetically as we always do to avoid the perception of any bias with sean doyle's cathedral cathedral catholic dawns last year 12 and 2 4-0 in league, going on to a CIF Open Division Championship against Torrey Pines, going all the way to a state championship game against Folsom, and they're back with tons and tons and tons of big, awesome, entertaining games on the schedule. They open it up at home versus La Costa Canyon, then home versus Saguaro for the Honorable, home versus Centennial, at Helix, at Eastlake, home versus Otay Ranch, home versus Point Loma, at Madison, home versus St. Augustine for the Holy Bowl, and then at Lincoln one more time. That is LCC, Saguaro, Centennial, Helix, Eastlake, Otay Ranch, Point Loma, Madison, St. Augustine, and Lincoln. Bodie, I'll let you get started with this one. Yeah, the first thing that sticks out to me is the schedule, obviously. It's by far the best in the county, and I'm sure at the end of the year we'll be one of the best in the state. Um, now, whether or not they can run through that undefeated, I, I don't think they can, but that doesn't mean that, that those games won't help prepare them. I mean, La Costa, they've got revenge from last year, which they lost that opener on the road. Uh, Saguaro's got 20 at least Division One kids, and, and Centennial's probably pretty close there. So those will be great games, and they get them at home, so definitely winnable there. Uh, and then come league, the, the St. Augustine one's the one that sticks out to me, obviously. The, the huge rivalry there, another one that Cathedral's going to get at home, and and the, the point that I always like to drive home is a returning quarterback. So they've got DJ Ralph for his senior year, and I think that's important when, when you have a senior quarterback leading your team. Well, DJ Ralph is going to be an interesting conversation on the offense because the last couple of years it's been very dominated by Sean, uh, Sean Poma's existence as one of the hardest-hitting, most productive, most reliable. I mean, he really checked all the boxes as a running back. Oh, yeah. Yep. And he was very, he was very much the guy that they leaned on. Will the offense see an overall huge transformation into a spread run and gun five wide type thing? I don't think it's going to be that, but certainly when you have a returning quarterback who's a senior, who's shown composure, you're going to look for that to be part of the dynamic, reliable part of it. But to me, it's the defense, man. I am so excited to see what this defense can come up with, with Jordan Allen, uh, Devin Dye, I mean, we got a lot of returning players from last year's team who were big playmakers down the road that or down the stretch that they're back. Uh, I mean, it, I, I, I hesitate to say that it's going to be a lot of low scoring games, 
just because I don't want to insult their offense in any way with Xavier Watson and the kind of talent that they have, but it would not surprise me if this one skews to be a defensively heavy, successful uh, route for this for the Cathedral Catholic Dons. Uh, the honorable is going to be interesting, uh, but to me, the the one that really you dice it up is the Holy Bowl is at home. You would historically think that that means good omens for them, but if you look at the last three years of the Holy Bowl, the road team has won. So if that trend continues, that's actually putting more stress on a game late in the season uh, for them, especially with Saints returning as as another really good defense. That one on October 18th, I have circled as uh, the de facto league championship game or the game that maybe plays spoiler and sets it up for someone else to win. Moving, uh, all right, so I'm oh, sorry, Bodie, uh, predictions for them this year. I will say eight and two. I think that's a good one. I'm going to go seven and three. I think in that in that stretch of Saguaro, Centennial, Felix, maybe they drop two, and then maybe a league game. So I'll go seven and three, but I still think that's good enough for top two, maybe at worst, the three seed in the open division. Oh, Absolutely. All right, our next team is the Lincoln Hornets, the defending Division II champions, coached by David Dunn last year, 11-5 and overall as they marched their way to a state championship finals appearance. Here's what they got this season. They will open it up at Monta Vista, at El Camino, home versus Eastlake, at San Clemente, a southern section opponent, at Modern Day Catholic, at Madison, home versus Saints, at La Jolla, at Point Loma, home versus Cathedral Catholic to close it out one more time. Monta Vista, El Camino, Eastlake, San Clemente, Modern Day Catholic, Madison, St. Augustine, La Jolla, Point Loma, Cathedral Catholic. Bodie, if you don't mind, I will take this one first. Yep. I think it's real exciting to see San Clemente on that schedule. Uh, a southern section opponent is always great to see for anybody in San Diego playing. I'm always an advocate of that, but especially when it's a high-quality Southern section opponent versus a high-quality San Diego opponent. You, you really, as just a football fan, come away from that one with a good sense of, hey, look, as a section, we're moving in the right direction to be taking that on. But this is, a, this is I, I see some very winnable road games early on. Monta Vista and El Camino are, are not gimmies. They're not pushovers, but they're very winnable road games. Eastlake, that one is a, is a, is a great game to have at home because Eastlake is a hard place to go play. Uh, and, and then you get into league with that La Jolla game late in there. La Jolla, you know, an up-and-coming team with a lot of question marks, but that's another one that should be winnable. So to me, this one comes down to the big question mark for me last year on Lincoln's team was, was their offense. Early in the season, they couldn't find a rhythm. They couldn't get much going we saw them go overtime in some games. They were missing some playmakers, but down the stretch with Keyshawn Ford and company, it really started to click. So I think that with the addition of Darius De Los Reyes, if if they can just tap into a little bit of that tail end of the season momentum, I don't see them really struggling too much to produce on the on the offensive side. And then on the defensive side, yeah, you know, they, they lose Don Chapman and a couple of pieces from that championship defense, but Coach Catlin always seems to have an answer for everything that comes their way. So this one, this one's, man, this is a, this is a tough Lincoln team this year. They are 
they are, I believe they have moved up. Yeah, they have moved up to Division One. So, is it an insult to say that they're going to be in the D1 playoffs? It might sound like and come across to them, but I don't believe that is an insult. I believe that they will get a home game in the Division One playoffs. I will be seven and three, maybe maybe at the very worst case six and four. Yeah, I'm pretty close with you there. I think six and four is the number I'm looking at. Um, league will be tough. You got Saints and Cathedral guaranteed tough league game. Madison, Modern Day, San Clemente. I mean, a team that's playing four or five teams from San Diego this year. Uh, East Lake's not a gimme, but I still think six and four. I think a home game in Division One. We know they have the athletes overall to compete. They've got a couple options at quarterback. Um, if can the defense rise up to how they were last year, and can they block offensively to move the ball? Um, but I mean, athlete-wise, there's I don't think there's a team in the county that has that many different guys that can carry the ball and pitch the ball. So next, we have the Madison Warhawks, Rick Jackson's squad, six and five on the year last season. Here's what they got on the schedule for 2019. They will open it up at Rancho Bernardo. Home versus Steel Canyon, home versus Granite Hills, home versus Palos Verdes from the southern section at Grossmont, home versus Lincoln, Cathedral Catholic at Point Loma, at St. Augustine, and then at Mira Mesa to close out the season. One more time, that is Rancho Bernardo, Steel Canyon, Granite Hills, Palos Verdes, Grossmont, Lincoln, Cathedral Catholic, Point Loma, St. Augustine, and Mira Mesa. Bodie, we'll let you take this one first. Yeah, so the first one that sticks out is Rancho Bernardo. Uh, last year, they played at Madison. I think that was 1914. I think Madison escaped that one. But I think that's a that's a really, really good game in week one this year. Uh, we know legal bit will be tough. I think that they'll probably get, geez, in a five-team league, it's tough. I, I see them maybe with, with one, one win here. I think they'll get Point Loma. But otherwise, I, I think Lincoln Cathedral Saints is a tough one. I like the non-conference. Grossmont will always give you a game, even though they play eight, eight home games at, at home every year. They, they've got that one going for them. Uh, yeah, and then Granite Hills is winnable. You don't know what to think from Palos Verdes at this point, but uh, this is a Madison team that they lost a lot of parts from last year. Uh, got a retool, but I mean, Rick Jackson always knows what he's doing. And, um, I, I, I'm going to say this is a 5-5 five and five team. I think that's where I'm comfortable at saying at this point. Well, I'll say this. If Max Preps is to be believed, Keenan Christian has returned for a fifth year. <laughs> so that could be a pretty dynamic change uh, between yeah, that last might, that season. that might change my prediction. That might change all of our predictions if Keenan decides <laughs> to, to, to super senior that. But on a serious note, Keontae Springs is going to be their, uh, their necessary linchpin yep. for the offensive side. We, we have finally graduated the last of their state championship run squad and I'll say this I think that for as much as losing the 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 big time brand name playmakers can perceptually hurt a team I think they're and and I I I tried to rehearse exactly how to say this because I this is going to somehow come out wrong to somebody (laughs) but I feel like you can almost get better in a different kind of way without those guys because there's yeah, you know that Keontae Springs is going to be one of the go-to guys, but you don't have a you don't have a guaranteed ton of tape on him the way that 
you knew the box was going to be stacked against Keenan Christian in certain form and in certain formations. You knew yeah. that Daniel Stokes was going to get that double coverage when the ball was going his way. And when you have a little bit of that weight come off your shoulders of, okay, our offense isn't entirely scouted since their freshman year. So they, we got a little bit of a rebirth coming. We can find some ways to sneak some, some things by some people. And that's one thing that Rick Jackson, I think has always been really good at is, I'm going to find a way to get my guys where they need to be, when they need to be, if it's working out of multiple quarterbacks in a game, different formations. So am I, am I, am I making any sense to you there, Bodie? You are to me, yeah. I mean, just kind of a, a team game where it's spread out, different guys kind of pick up the pieces, and they don't have to just rely on one one guy here where the, the defense may be able to key in on that. So I see that as, as a real sleeper scenario for Madison this year, where, where yeah. yes, it's going it, to... We're looking at just these schedules, and everyone in the Western League, you, you want to say they're good enough to go undefeated through league, but you also want to say that league is good enough to hand them a winless schedule. So this could very easily go both ways. Five and five sounds conservative and easy to say, but I think that I think that Madison surprises some people and and goes six and four, maybe seven and three, but I'll, I'll stick with six and four. So I'll split the difference yeah, the, on you there. The one guy I want to highlight quick is Josh Simmons. Uh, I think he's the next up-and-coming lineman in the county. Six five three twenty three picked up some big offers recently, but um, he's he's a guy that's only going to get better as he as he grows kind of into his body and learns how to play more. But um, he, he's definitely one we're going to see big time down the road. Our next team is Point Loma. Mike Hastings pointers five and six on the season last year. Here's what they've got in twenty nineteen. We wait for the schedule to come up. All right. Uh, home versus El Camino to start it off. Then at Ramona, home versus Otay Ranch. At Rancho Bernardo, home versus Olympian. At Cathedral Catholic. At University City, home versus Madison, Lincoln, and St. Augustine to close it out. One more time, that is El Camino, Ramona, Otay Ranch, Rancho Bernardo, Olympian, Cathedral Catholic, University City, Madison, Lincoln, St. Augustine. To me, Bodie, the first thing that jumps out to me is home schedule favorability they they get to play those last three weeks of the season at home that that is big for for being healthy they don't have anything longer than a two-game stretch of cathedral and university city being on the road they have their bye week leading into the cathedral catholic game and if that's one game that you need a bye week going into to be healthy and be ready for that's the right game to have it. So, sure, they they are the team with the least brand name recognized offensive playmakers and weapons. They are also a team, though, that I think we've seen from the last couple of years really have the ability to rely heavily on a defense that can help keep them in games even if it's a loss, you look at it. Let me try and tally this up to three of their losses last season were by less than a touchdown. One of their losses was by 10 and then one was by two touchdowns. So yeah. And, and in the high school season, it's hard to, to, you know, jail Skinner's not back this year. There's, there's certain people that you just can't make those comps every single year, but with Tristan Schaefer coming back, one of the county leaders in, in interceptions and some of the other pieces that they have, 
it wouldn't surprise me if this is another team where they are able to keep it close. And when you're keeping it close and your defense is giving your offense tons and tons of opportunities, I mean, I see some of these games where you could coin flip between Otay Ranch being a win or a loss, but I give them the win because they're at home. Olympian, the same yep. thing, because it's at home. University City, I think that's a very interesting one. UC is going to be a heavy throwing offense all season long with Gunnar Gray, but they're going to be throwing into a really talented secondary. So I, I see this as a team that five and five, but wouldn't be surprised if five and five comes with them being still one of the favorites in Division Two this year. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think five and five is the number I'm looking at. League, we know it's tough. I think I think they'll fight, maybe get a game there, but I think that would be Madison if they do. Um, I think they can get the University City game, and they, as you said, Otai and Olympian at home. We got El Camino at home in the opener. They do have to go to Ramona in week two, and I mean, we know how Ramona gets into those Friday night games, so that whole, the whole town's there, and it's never easy to get a win, regardless of how good the team is. But um, yeah, Point Loma will fight. We know that in a tough situation with their league. Um, and, I, and I think the, that strength of schedule in the league will really help them uh, as they move into the playoff seeding time and um, maybe be able to get a home game out of it. Absolutely. And there will be another podcast, I promise, everybody, before we get into the season with our favorites in each division. So, you know, when you hear us sprinkle in little things like, oh, favorite in D2, don't worry, we'll get to a full breakdown of those in another <laughs> podcast. Last team to talk, Bodhi goes, what? More work? Ugh. Um, <laughs> Our last team to talk about is the defending CIF champion, St. Augustine Saintsman, Joe Kramer, in his second year now as the head man. He went 10-4 and in the first season, winning a championship and making a state run uh, to go take on Grace Brethren. Here is what the Saints have marching into town this season. They are going to start home versus Benita Vista at Eastlake, home versus Loyola at Otay Ranch, home versus Helix, at Morse, at Lincoln, at Cathedral Catholic, home versus Madison and Point Loma. One more time. That is Benita Vista, Eastlake, Loyola, Otay Ranch, Helix, Morse, Lincoln, Cathedral Catholic, Madison, and Point Loma. Bodie, to me, this is really interesting because Helix, that's insane. <laughs> Loyola, tough Southern section team. Eastlake, yep. tough non-league opponent. Like, Morse defending CIF champions. In the span of just a couple of years, Saints has gone from sort of the, the backseat in the Holy Bowl rivalry to, my goodness, they are loading up this schedule with everybody they can get their hands on, and they're not backing away from trying to put their hat in the ring for an open division spot here. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, once again, obviously tough league, but they went out and they scheduled these games. They've had this series with Loyola now for seems like five, six years, which always gets some good games. Uh, Helix, we know what they are. Morris is coming off the title. Uh, Eastlake will always give you a good game. So oh, another good schedule there. Saints has, I think, a lot of seniors that are going to make big impacts. Uh, Tyson McWilliams has a bunch of offers. Talk about him. I, to me, they have the most underrated player in the county, and that's uh, Samuel I believe I'm saying that right, the fourth, who just playmaker, catches everything, makes highlights every week. And he's definitely one of my, my favorites to watch, and I'm surprised at this point how only one school extended an offer, but I'm sure that'll change 
uh, once they see some more of the senior film. One of the interesting things that stands out to me on their roster, and I just, I'm trying to bring up a little bit of everything so we don't overly talk about the same guy, is their quarterback, Angelo Peraza, throws for 2,500 yards last year, 27 touchdowns. He's a baseball guy, though. Yeah. Like, like, that's how flush this team is with talent, is that they have guys who are leading their team in positions and are going on to play other sports. And that's something that I absolutely love because it's almost a dying breed in the high school sports scene is to have the, the true multi-sport star like that. You know, we've seen Tyson McWilliams. You mentioned him. He's also a basketball standout. There's a couple of guys on here that, for whatever reason, I think that, that you know, they just... They, they maybe they get that competitive edge all season long in other sports, so they come back to football hungry for it, but still exposed to competition all season long. So they've got a really good competitive edge. I'm also a big fan, the more I get to know him, of the people's librarian, as he is known on social media, Coach Pomato, their defensive coordinator. And, and that, to me, is where it's all going to be this year. You can talk about scape and playmaking on the offensive side, but I am all in invested on this defense of Connor Heffler and Ambigsher and and uh, Tyson McWilliams. And th- this is going to be the bonafide stars on that side of it. So, I, I mean, we are cruising for a weird year in San Diego high school football where I'm, I'm thinking we might have more notable defenses than offenses. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, is, is that so, is like, I, I, I don't know, I don't know if that's, if, I don't know if that's going to end up happening because you just you never know until you get into the season. I don't know if that's ever happened. I, not in the time that I have been around covering the game. Uh, you can comment on that maybe from some of your experiences, but I cannot remember a year where we're looking through some of the best leagues like this and being like, they've got a great defense. They've got a great defense. They've got a great defense. We could see a bunch of 14-10 games in league. Yeah, I mean, when I think back on it, maybe the early 2000s, you had like a Vista 45 CIS final that ended in a tie, um, some Oceanside Helix battles over the years that were low scoring. But it's definitely been, um, to me, at least in decades, since uh, defenses have dam- dominated that way. I mean, it looks like it will. We'll, once the season starts, we'll see how, how the offenses blend then. But um, there's definitely some, some defensive standouts individually and as, as teams around the county. All right, so Bodie, give us your prediction. I am going to go. We'll say eight and two here. Um, I think I think the Holy Bowl is a big one that could swing them maybe to nine and one. And I think Loyola and Helix would be the top for me early on. I think they'll go one and one in that, and then uh, whatever ends up happening when they visit Cathedral. I will agree with you on that eight and two mark, and uh, that Holy Bowl is going to. Like I said, the de facto league championship game with the caveat of maybe it plays spoiler for them and someone else altogether ends up sweeping through <laughs> and, and taking league. That's just how competitive the Western League is every single season. Bodie, do you agree that that's going to be the uh, league championship or do you have someone else in mind? No, I, I would agree. And um, it's a game that probably have to get there <laughs> maybe at lunchtime on the day of to, to get a, a parking spot and, and get seated to where you need to see the game. I was going to say, nothing wrong with that because they tailgate quite well at that game from from everything (laughs) I've ever experienced. It it is definitely worth checking out. Bodie, where can everyone find you on social media? At SC Preps. 
at SD Preps is him. SD Prep Insider is the show. I'm Mr. Seaped. Bodie will be back sometime soon for another league preview as we get around to Avocado and all the other leagues. Only a couple more weeks until camps. Go check out all our other interviews on SoundCloud and Apple iTunes at SD Prep Insider for all of your social media needs. Bodie, thank you very much. We'll check in with you soon. Thank you.